Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church, and welcome to our ongoing midweek teaching series on the character of God. We've been collaborating with North Point and Daybreak Churches, and uh, Brandon Shannon Vining and Dave Hakes, myself, have each contributed uh, to this series over the past couple of months, and we're actually wrapping it up. Uh, we've spent, you know, since the beginning of the year, actually the end of last year, talking about uh, the character of God, the first half of the series, we looked at specific character traits of God. And over the second half of the series, we've been asking the question based on the character traits, some of the big character traits of God, how does he act in the world? And so this is kind of the conclusion of this series starting uh, in the coming weeks, maybe next week or the week after, we'll be starting a new series on uh, the Bible. where did the Bible come from? How do we read the Bible? How do we study the Bible? And just kind of basic stuff uh, around the scriptures. We're looking forward to having you engage with us in that. Uh, today's teaching is actually part two of the teaching uh, that is connected to last week's teaching, where we talked about God relating to us uh, through weeping, that God relates to us uh, through uh, joining us in sorrow. And we looked at the story of Lazarus when Lazarus died and Jesus weeping over his friend and weeping with Mary and Martha and weeping with those gathered around the tomb. And we talked about the fact that God relates to us so intimately uh, that he not only weeps over us, but he weeps with us. Um, today, we're flipping the coin and looking at the other side of it, uh, that God relates to us so intimately that he not only weeps over us and with us, he rejoices with us. And so what does it mean for us to relate to God as he relates to us? And what does it mean for us to relate to other people as we receive the gift of God relating to us? So today we're talking about God rejoicing. The big idea today is the same as last week. The Lord has always desired an interactive relationship with his creation. In Genesis 2, we read that the Lord walked in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve, conversing with them, knowing them, speaking with them, uh, presumably teaching them about himself. This example was just a tiny foretaste of the level of connection and intimacy that God desires with all of humanity. The incarnation, that's Jesus becoming a man, God becoming flesh. The incarnation is the ultimate exclamation point on this idea of how closely God desires to relate to us. Jesus not only took on human flesh, he can relate to us in every way, both in sorrow and in joy. God relates, he rejoices. There's so many scriptures that, um, that put this idea forward. In our culture, there's often a dichotomy that we need to avoid pain or we need to avoid, uh, you know, we need to avoid grief and just move towards being happy, just move towards uh, self-fulfillment. Um, but there's no path to a truly vibrant life. There's no path to a flourishing life. There's no path towards uh, deep relationships, whether with God or with other people or with our own selves, like knowing oneself that doesn't go through grief. However, the end goal, the destination is not grief in and of itself. The end goal in God is actually to, uh, to arrive at the destination of fulfillment and flourishing and joy. Um, and re rejoicing. But we can't avoid uh, the reality of weeping. There's a time for everything, the writer, uh, the wisdom writer of Ecclesiastes 3 says. There's a time, a season for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, 
a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Last week, we looked at weeping and mourning, that there's an appropriate time for that, and God does it with us. Today, for a few moments, let's look at the second part of this. There's a time also to laugh, and there's an appropriate time to dance, saying almost the exact same thing. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. There's a time for rejoicing. Mourn with those who mourn. There's a time for mourning. One of the verses I've been kind of meditating on today in preparation for, for this conversation comes from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Zephaniah was a prophet that served uh, in between the times of Isaiah and Jeremiah. Uh, biblical scholars believe that Zephaniah is the prophet that broke the 50 years of prophetic silence that had happened uh, kind of after the time of Isaiah leading up to Jeremiah. And Zephaniah was actually a contemporary of Jeremiah, but probably older than Jeremiah and, and certainly started his ministry before Jeremiah started his. We don't know much about Zephaniah other than that. He's a great, great uh, grandson, uh, three, maybe three generations removed, three or four from uh, King Hezekiah, one of the great kings of, of uh, Judah. And, and uh, so Zephaniah has a royal heritage, but he was a faithful prophet to the Lord. And he spent his ministry really in Jerusalem and prophesying about Jerusalem. And, and this prophecy from 317 when Zephaniah gives the prophecy at, at the time of his uh, ministry, he's speaking specifically over Jerusalem. Uh, but for those of us uh, who have relationship with God through Christ, um, we believe in, in um, agreement with the word of God that we've been grafted into this larger story. Um, we've been grafted into the story of, of Jerusalem and God's promises over his people universally that, that walk with him. So in Zephaniah 317, it says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Notice all of the amazing language there, starting with the first line, the Lord your God is with you. Echoing the promise from Deuteronomy that I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord your God is with you. He's a mighty warrior who saves. We've been saved through the mightiest warrior, Jesus, our King, who saved us not with swords or tanks or shields or chariots, our Savior who saves us through self-sacrifice, through laying down his life, proving once and for all that God truly is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. He will take great delight in you. Who do you delight in? As I was meditating, thinking uh, briefly about this verse, I just pictured myself holding one of my children. I have four young children, ages 11, 9, uh, 5, and 3. And I'm just picturing each one of them as a baby. And when they, when they were born, just holding this precious child. And you look down and you're face to face with this newborn baby who has done absolutely nothing to earn your love, has, hasn't contributed to the world in any way. Um, and yet, you know, the moment you look into your child's face, you would give up everything uh, to care for them. You, you delight so deeply in them. All of us were created by God to be the recipients of that kind of love, that, that unconditional, delightful love. And all of us were created to be uh, not only recipients of it, but channels of it towards other people and towards God himself. But it all starts with God. You must love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. How is that possible? Because the, because God has first loved you. You love, uh, we love because Christ has first loved us. He will take great delight in you. What does it mean for you today that God is delighting in you? Can you receive that? Is that hard to receive? Is it impossible? Does it feel impossible for you to receive Jesus looking into your eyes, seeing everything about you, all that's wrong, all that's broken, all that's messed up, and still choosing to say this, that I, I have chosen you, I've loved you, I've died for you, and I delight in you. The next word, or the next line in this, his love will, uh, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, and then, uh, but will rejoice over you with singing. What an amazing promise to the people of God, and we know this is possible because of Jesus, because of uh, salvation and forgiveness and grace and mercy coming undeservedly, but richly and freely uh, through Jesus Christ to his people. I want to bring us uh, briefly to Psalm 30, where the psalmist talks about moving out of mourning and into rejoicing. For everything, there's a season. There's a time for weeping. There's a time for mourning. There's a time for laughing and a time for dancing, rejoicing. Psalm 30, watch, watch the imagery of being moved from a place of grief to a place of joy in God. It says in verse 1, Psalm 30, verse 1, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Friend, whatever season you're in, I just want to offer this as uh, a source of comfort to you today, <laughs> whatever, whether you're in a season of, of grief, a season of, of mourning, or a season of rejoicing, or maybe just kind of mundane life, day-to-day -day stuff, uh, where it's, it's hard to be motivated, it's hard to feel anything. This is what the Lord desires for you in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Word, and the community of God, to turn wailing into dancing, to remove sackcloth, to clothe you with joy, that your heart may sing praises and not be silent to the Lord your God, that you may praise him and know him in intimacy and walk with him forever. Once again, the promise from Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is a mighty warrior who saves you. He takes a great delight in you and in his love, he no longer rebukes you, but rejoices over you with singing. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. This is what our God does for each of us. So we should do the same for our brothers and sisters. As we wrap up today's teaching, a couple of questions, the same questions from last week. What does it mean to you to have a God who is so intimately interested in your life? What does it mean to you to have a God who delights in you, who loves you, who saves you, who no longer rebukes you, but rejoices over you with dancing and singing?
how do you receive God's desire to be in close friendship and relationship with you? Like, is it hard for you to receive that or can you just step into it? I, I would encourage you to really press into that today. And who can you offer the gift of relating to today? You're not only to be a recipient of the relational intimacy of Christ, uh, you and I are designed to be vessels of it, to be funnels of it, that as we receive, we also give, that we would love our neighbor as we receive love uh, from, from Christ uh, for ourselves. And so uh, I just encourage you to wrestle through these questions today and to receive uh, the ministry of Christ rejoicing over your life, who you are, uh, in him, you're not a failure. In him, you are, your life is not pointless. You are loved. You are the beloved of God as you've been adopted and brought into the family of God. Thanks so much for joining us throughout this series and, and specifically today. I hope today's teaching has been an encouragement to you, a challenge to you, and I hope you have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.